Hello and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Johnson and I'm coming to you from the coast of Maine. In my work as a life coach for the last 15 years, as well as in my personal life, I keep coming back to seeing the beauty of what unfolds when we each uniquely find our way back to a place of love. Love can get us through the most painful moments. It can give us the freedom to grow, the courage to change. And love can also lead us to a whole lot of peace, joy, and possibility. So let's see what happens in us, in our life, and in our world when we listen in to what love says. Hello and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. This is Elizabeth and we are here with episode six, which is also the Q&A episode. And I'm excited. I have my whole list of questions in front of me. And we're going to start today with some questions that are like just about me personally, that are honestly a little bit easier to answer. <laughs> and then we're going to go into questions that the only reason I say they're harder to answer is you have sent in just beautiful questions, like really beautiful questions and questions that with so many of them, I would read the question and go, oh my gosh, this is a full episode. This could be 10 episodes, you know? So um, I'm trying to just get right with the fact that I will kind of answer and respond from right where I am today and whatever's like kind of coming through today connected to these beautiful questions. And also for us to know that, um, yeah, with some of these, I may... I may end up doing whole episodes or whole series of episodes about some of these questions. So if you sent in a question or if I asked you, do you have a question? And then you responded, um, I'm so grateful for these questions. And if for some reason I don't get to your question today, then it will be in a future episode. It may be a future episode. And if you don't hear it after oh so many episodes in the future, you can always write me back and just be like, hey can you please answer this or talk about this or can we chat about this? So, okay, so we're going to start with just some, I actually think the first question is the easiest. It's the simplest, but I love it. But someone had written and asked, who is Lauren? Because I reference Lauren in a lot of the episodes. And Lauren is my wife. Lauren is Lauren Fitzgerald Abrami. And I think in some of the episodes they say my wife, but I'm guessing in others I didn't. And so I get that you're like, but really, who is this person you're talking about? And we, yeah, we met 10 years ago in New York City, um, even though we were both New Englanders at heart and at, at his experience. And we fell in love and it's been such a journey. And I think looking back, you know, connecting this to love says, I think that meeting Lauren and our journey together, not only was it one of the most surprising moments of my life um, and so different than I had planned, but it was just also a moment where I look back where I feel like, again, love, intuition, something bigger was just guiding both of us kind of forward into this relationship that was um, more beautiful than I had actually imagined for myself. So um, that's Lauren. You will I'll probably reference her once an episode, and uh, she's also the person who I talked through a lot of this with, and I have a feeling, wink, wink, preview, that she will be with me on a future episode. So that's Lauren. Okay, um, number two, 
Oh, someone had asked, again, this is just logistical, and if you want deep dives, you can fast forward a bit, but someone just said, how many takes does it take for you to record an episode? And then what's the hardest part of recording? Um, and well, it was funny, every every episode is different, but I will say in from the majority of them so far, I mean, it's only been five, right? Um, I notice in myself that I will... I will have like many starts, like I'll do, like I, in one time, I think I had like 12, like I'll start and I'll feel like I'm in a groove and then I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying or, oh shoot, I don't like, or this sounds weird or now I'm in my head or, you know, so it's a lot of starts and stops. And then so far, this may not be the case in the future, but so far I'll finally like hit that one moment where I press record and I can just like let go and just let it flow and then that that kind of full take episode ends up being the episodes that you've heard. So, so yeah, I would say like 12 false starts and then one full run through is <laughs> the way it goes so far. And the hardest part of recording, I mean, that's a two-parter in that the hardest part physically is actually something that Paul, who's the sound engineer and co-producer, on this, um, when he he gave me an awesome like tutorial of how to record and and what equipment to get and how to do it, he was so helpful because I record in my home in Maine and then I upload them for him and his recording studios in North Carolina. So anyway, that process was challenging, but I learned and I still like almost mess it up every time I go to record. But I have notes from our thing. But the thing that he said to me that I think I'm even noticing right this moment. He had he said this moment of like just a tip, just like be careful that watch that your mouth isn't too wet or too dry. And I'm literally now like, oh my God, is it right now? In that, in that again, if it's too wet or too dry, it's just gonna have a lot of like this is a really good mic. And it's gonna pick up all these like like, oh gosh, those sounds that I'm sorry I did that to you, but <laughs> um, and like swallowing and he does amazing editing, but it just, the, you know, the smoother it is with that first take, the less editing it takes. And so I just have that, I have that feel, that like thought in my head, like, is it too, is my mouth too wet? Is my mouth too dry? Am I close enough, but far away? You know, so that's something I'm continuously learning and I have my tea right near me. So, oh, and then the hardest part, like mentally, emotionally, is the resistance, is the fear, is the part of me that's like talks myself out of it because um, I get worried that it's not going to come through or it's not going to be helpful or it's going to be misunderstood. You know, so usually I have a good... I usually put it in my calendar to record and then I usually move that recording time two or three times based on the day or schedule or just like flat out resistance until a moment when I'm like, okay, yeah. So that's the hardest part is like actually getting out of my own way to press record to just let it flow through. Um, next question is a couple of you asked, is this my new career? And when the first person asked, I was like, ha, ha, like, you know, um, I was like, that's so funny. And then I had a moment where I was like, are you ser you're serious? And then I had a moment where I, my ego probably was like, you think this could be my career? <laughs> you know? so, um, but I mean, I wanted to answer that in that I don't think of this podcast as my new career. I do I have felt like I have been wanting something to basically, again, my my work, my business, my livelihood, like the foundation of my work comes from 
uh, my one-on-one sessions and my private coaching. And it's been, you know, through all the ups and downs, but it's the one like real constant over the last 15, 16 years. And it's the thing that I just love. Like I can't ever actually imagine not doing that. I mean, who knows? But like at this moment, I can't imagine my life without that one-on-one time, without the relationships and the journeys like I get to take with my clients. And yeah, that to me also is just like my foundation. Again, not just of my business, but also just like it's a way I come back to myself and can connect and um, just find, it's just such a gift. It's such a gift. And I have for for years like wanted to do a couple things, one of them being like an offering that could be an offering, right? And it could just be available for anyone with a phone or a computer or who has access to a phone or a computer and that it could be free and that it could be shared um, and that people could really take it in in their own time in their own way. So to me, the podcast, it doesn't feel like a new career as much as it feel. It does feel like my work is like a tree and the trunk and the base is like my um, one-on-one time with people. This feels like a branch, right, of like I can reach out, I can share. I also, again, I just have loved the conversations with people in my life, whether someone's connecting like from second grade or some, a dear friend who I see often, but is like, Hey, can we talk about the thing on the podcast where, you know, there's something about, um, to me, it is like sparking conversation and connection and curiosity in ways that to me, it just feels really fulfilling. So, I love this. I'm thinking of it as like, uh, yeah, another wing, another branch, another another part. And then the third kind of other branch, I'll share a little bit more about this later in the episode, is a way to kind of gather and have it more in community, like some experiences, right? Where like space can be held, some deeper dives, some time and some love, you know, with a group too. So that that's kind of my idea about, uh, yeah, my work and my business and yeah, as I've said, I think like 90 times since this began, I'm just grateful to have this way of expressing and being curious within myself. And then it feels to me like I get the dialogue I'm getting back or the shares or the people's own experiences just that are sparked from this is just such a, it's just such a gift. So this is not my new career, but it is part of, um, it's part of, I think it is part of my work, you know? Yeah, it is. And it feels, I feel really, really grateful about it. Okay. Last logistical question before we go into some deeper dives is, are you continuing after the six episodes? And I think I had mentioned in the last episode, like I told myself six just to see if I could do it and to just baby step my way there. And oh my gosh, this is episode six. We did it. So, and yes, we're going to continue. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of this episode. So now we're going to go into some deeper dive questions. And I can't even tell you, when you hear these questions, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, because they're just so beautiful. And there's, again, there's also are just so layered. So one thing I want to say, of course, is like, I will give little pieces, right? Or, or small responses that feel really true to me about this. However, these are so multi-layered. And if you listen to me and you're like, this is missing a piece. This is missing a big piece. It's like, yeah, it totally, <laughs> you know what I mean? This will just be parts. And and I want to encourage anyone who wants to do this. I'm like, would I do this? But I want to encourage anyone who wants to do this. If I share the question, 
and you want to write it down or you want to pause me and you want to kind of like answer the question out loud for yourself, if you want to journal about the question, you want to just go for a walk and be curious about the question, each of these questions from people is just so, um, I just think as we answer them so much truth and wisdom and just like pieces of this human experience are going to come up. So I really encourage you to kind of pause me and feel into what is your answer for this. And the thing is, like I'm recording this on a Thursday, I will I will probably answer these differently by Monday, right? So it's probably same for all of us, depending on the day and the time, will different pieces will come through. So okay, okay, am I avoiding? Am I resisting? Here we go. We're going to dive right in. Um, The first question we got, I'm just going to read it to you. And the person said, I wonder if you could deep dive into relationship connections, specifically relationships that have faded or totally dissolved. How do we reconnect with love in that way, make ourselves vulnerable and open to reconnection? So you see what I mean? Like, how do we reconnect with love in that way with relationships that have dissolved to make ourselves vulnerable and open to reconnection? So... Not only could this be a six-part series and um, so much to learn here, I just think this question is so beautiful. I feel it personally. I often look back at some of my relationships or friendships that have ended and and wonder and I'm curious about if they'll ever come back around, curious about what I could have done differently. You know, that just, it can, it can bring up a lot. So the first thing I want to say Growing up, I feel like I really thought every relationship and friendship would be lifelong. Like really, like that was a real thing. And and I kept, as I was reading this question and just like feeling into it, I just kept thinking of that quote that's like relationships can be like a moment, a day, a season, a lifetime, right? And how, and sometimes we do feel like a relationship may be a lifetime and then it's a season, right? And so I think just also that for some reason, I want to have that kind of lens going into this of just curiosity and compassion and just that perspective of like, again, maybe some relationships do complete, like sometimes um, things become you know, to make that full circle, right? And then oftentimes, for me, I notice it feels like a circle is ending and it just is a season in the relationship ending, right? And like I'm growing and the person's growing and perhaps there needs to be time and space, communication, dialogue for the next season to begin. But sometimes we don't know that, right? Especially if we're in the midst of like a break or a pause or a conflict. We don't necessarily know, um, especially because we'll usually have a lot of, of fear up during that time. I don't think we actually know if a friendship is going into another season or if it's completing sometimes. And that can be, that can bring up its own series of emotions. So just that's the first, just that moment of like curiosity, acceptance, like in each relationship, like if I didn't have expectations of this, if I wasn't holding on so tight that every relationship had to, you know, stay the way it was or continue all the way through, can I look at this relationship for what it is and what it's meant to be? Um, So that was just the first thing. How do we connect with love to make ourselves vulnerable and open to reconnection? And I I think there are many ways to do this. I do feel like there, I feel like it needs such patience and compassion 
And again, this is where I would often go to like a letter to love, right? I would I would write out my worries. I would write out my wishes. I would write out my grief. You could do that in movement. You can do that in art. You can do that in conversation. But something where you, a safe place where you get to share the different parts of how you're feeling about the relationship, either how it was, how it ended, what you wish it could be now. So a safe place where there can be transparency and honesty about the different parts of the relationship. And again, not when it faded or dissolved, but how you feel about it now, how you felt about it. So I think just a place where you can kind of like look at it all and say, okay, these are all these parts. And then for me, to this is when I would... I would ask love, I would write to love, I would go on a walk with love, you know what I mean? And and ask for guidance about what to do next, just the next step, just the very next step. And oftentimes I'm gonna say that when I've been in this place, my, again, my go-to, my instincts, my mind instincts are like make it better, apologize, reach out, or like block them from everything and just completely like, you know what I mean? It goes one way or the other, like very reactive or very disconnecting, almost like aggressive disconnection. <laughs> like, so it's like out of sight, out of mind. So those are like two extremes I feel like we can go to, but what's usually in the middle. And when we get into that ask of just what is the next step? What is the most loving step for myself and this other person? And you're guessing for the other person, right? But like you're, you're feeling into it. But there is something about what is just the next step. And oftentimes what comes through for me, and I'm curious about anyone who wants to share what's coming through for you, is, again, a moment of I'm going to, like, think of this person. I'm going to actually think about this person, like, once a day for a week and have a moment where I just imagine from my heart to their heart I'm sending love. Or I'm going to imagine I'm giving them a hug. Or oftentimes... Again, I will light a candle. I will literally just light a candle and say a wish or a blessing or even just the person's name. And then just watch the candle. It's almost like a meditation of just like being with them, but in a space and time where you're respecting perhaps their boundaries and where they are, you're respecting your boundaries and what you're, you may be still working through from the relationship. But there's something about if you are called to it, bringing that person into your awareness and seeing if you can can connect with them, imagine them, and imagine sending love, being in love, sharing love, imagine receiving love. And if you can't, that's a really good time. You may just need to take more space, but that's a really good time just going back to that, to like write out, to feel out, to express in a safe place. It's not like erupting on the person, but to write out the hurt, write out the grievances, or write out the fears of... um of reconnecting. Um, and you'll feel that. But if you have it in you, and sometimes, again, if we've had a long enough amount of time, when we think of that person, it, it can be bittersweet. If we think about that person, regret or remorse or any of that can come up. So space for anything that comes up. And in the midst of that, if you have the space to, again, even just like hand to your heart, just imagine that person as you put your hand to your heart. Or 
I often say this, but it's one of my quickest, like, again, snuggle an animal or look at a kiddo you love or look out at nature and feel that love and that peace and then see if you can imagine. It's almost like you're bringing that person or you and that person in your relationship into that love and that peace, not to push it, not to force it to grow, not even to, you may never reconnect with this person, right? That may not be what is meant to be. However, there's something about these moments of if we can connect with love and connect with that person just energetically, it can often then lead us to healing. It also can lead us to just what the next step may be or real clarity that you want to send this, this, you want to send love or compassion or just thoughts to this person, but you're not necessarily meant to be in each other's lives on a day to day. So those, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel this dance because I wanted, I want to say 12 other things about this, but those actually, I think mostly if we could break them into three is just that really viewing like with compassion, that relationship sort of all different timings and rhythms and seasons. And then the second thing is like safe space to express, move through, share all the different parts of how the relationship was, how it ended, where you are now, how you're feeling, like really safe place, not necessarily in a place that's going to rile up the fears, but where it can hold it so you can kind of see all the different elements at work. And then the third piece would be any way, again, you connect to love and then listening from that place, again, can you just share love, feel love? And then you may get that impulse to send that text. You may get that impulse to write that letter and be lovingly honest. And you may get an impulse to say, could could we meet for a coffee and talk about this? Like those impulses will come, um, I think, when and if they're meant to. So such a beautiful question. Oh my gosh, such a beautiful question. Okay, the next question, which I think connects really beautifully, is how forgiveness connects to love. Do you see how I'm like, and I'll do 12 episodes on how forgiveness connects to love, but how forgiveness connects to love. Oh gosh. Okay. Here's what I am feeling about this. I feel like the path of forgiveness, the practice of forgiveness the doorways to forgiveness, they are some of the most powerful ways back to love. Um, I think sometimes we have to walk through real, um, real deep paths, right? Real long paths, really emotional paths on the path of forgiveness. But I do feel like the practice of forgiveness, because I think it's a practice, is one of the most beautiful and profound practices to come back to love. And often, again, if we're in a place where we feel like we need to forgive, usually for me, uh, yes, about forgiving others, but almost always it comes back to this depth of forgiving myself, right? And even if I am, again, in a process where I'm really wanting to forgive someone else and let things go and just like release grievances, there's almost always, I feel, that if I flip the coin and then I'm looking at myself and what happened or kind of like what unfolded, I, I will also need forgiveness for myself. So I often think, yeah, forgiveness is like there's those different sides of it. 
Um, the thing about forgiveness, and again, there are authors who have written books upon books, courses about, there are people who specialize, right, in the depths of this. And specifically, you have been in a situation with trauma, there's depths and layers of support there that you so deserve, right? There's guidance and support with people who that is their specialty. So I really... I really encourage like any of us, if we have those moments to be open to receiving support from people who, again, that is their, they're just like artists with that, right? They have deep understanding and usually because they've been through it themselves. However, I'm just thinking of just forgiveness that's a little bit, not necessarily coming from a trauma place, but a little bit lighter where, but there was hurt, right? There was a mistake. There were things said or done. Um, There were triggers that happened, right? And I feel like, again, when we're in a place to forgive, we have parts of ourselves that have either shut down, like needed to protect us, disconnected, right? From either a person, a situation, parts of ourselves. And again, oftentimes I think out of protection, this can be a very important, such an important thing for our systems to do. We have to, especially if we're in situations or relationships where we, our whole system is trying to take care of us, right? So The thing about it, though, in those moments when I think love is all about connection, right? It's all about connection. It's all about connecting to ourselves. It's about connecting to these feelings. It's about connecting to the divine. It's about connecting to each other. And so if we are in a place where we need forgiveness, we are most, I think, often really disconnected, right, from something. And in the path of forgiveness, I do think we then get to open back up we get to learn to trust again. We get to learn to put boundaries in. We get to, it's such a learning. The path of forgiveness is so much learning, so much growing, so much um, like getting to learn how to care for ourselves and care for others and be ourselves and allow others to be who they are, right? There's just so much here. But I do think forgiveness is so connected to love because in those moments then when we do forgive or we take a step towards forgiveness or we have a moment of honoring a hurt part, right? And listening to that part, any part of the act of forgiveness, the art, the practice of forgiveness, any part of it, any moment of healing, I feel like that allows for a moment of reconnection to love, right? Or to whatever that, that you, however you would describe that, right? But it just, I don't think we can come back to love all the time without the practice of forgiveness, you know? And something I'll say, I remember, um, I remember Barry Tesler, who's a financial therapist, Um, in a program I was in with her and she did a whole section on forgiveness and it was with such, I remember hearing about her talk about forgiveness with such compassion and honoring and patience. And whereas I think at that time I was like, just forgive Elizabeth, just forgive. And realizing that forgiveness is such a path, right? Like there's so many steps to it. And sometimes we need time and we need space. And oh my gosh, I have this horrible image, but it's like this metaphor for like deep healing of, there's like this metaphor of like, if you, if we don't actually do the deep healing, right? And for me, for right now, I'm saying if we don't actually give ourselves the time and the space for forgiveness, it's the image is like, if you step on a nail and you 
the nail's still on your foot, but you put a Band-Aid on it. Isn't that a horrible image? It's so painful to think about. But so often we have these wounds, right? We have these triggers. We have these moments that are so painful and we just want to get over them, right? And so we just put that Band-Aid on. We're just like, oh, I'm fine. Nope, I'm better. I'm better. And yet like there's still something that has not been release. There's something that's not been healed. There's something. So I think oftentimes, can forgiveness be done in a moment, in an instant? Yes, it can. I felt that. It's incredible. I wish I could be like that all the time. But for me, there are moments of that. And then there are other moments where forgiveness is a journey. It is a journey. And most of the time when I'm in the process of forgiveness, so I can get back to love for myself or for someone else or for a situation, there are always moments for me, where I'm like, I should be done with this. I should have figured this out. I should be healed. I should have, you know, so just if those moments come up for you too, I just, I'm like, I just think that's part of it too, that oftentimes the rhythm of it and the timing are different than we think. And that doesn't mean that we can't connect to love or we can't have a moment of love or we can't, even if we're healing something in one relationship, right? That doesn't mean we can't feel love and trust and safety in other relationships, right? Um, I do think it all kind of coexists. And I think if there are relationships we really want to heal and forgive and get back to a place of love and connection with, whether or not that person's in our life, right? Like, I just think there's this piece of us that kind of holds this unrest. Um, and so it is such a dance. Oh my gosh, my friends, like it's such a dance because we can't rush it and yet we need to make space for it. And I also think then we get through these moments. Have you had those moments where you get to the other side of forgiveness, something you thought you'd never forgive or you'd never forgive yourself for, and then you do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like enough time and space and work and tears and prayer and all this stuff has happened. And then you get to that space where where you did and you feel that release, you feel that connection, you feel that full circle moment. So that's also what's on the horizon for us when we when we practice forgiveness with such patience and compassion. All right, let's go to the next question. Oh, this is so good. Okay. Um the next question is how do how do you see love fitting into our purpose? How do you see love fitting into our purpose? I love this question. Oh, because it's so connected. It's so connected. And this may be a really good one. You don't have to. But if you want to pause me for a moment and just say, how do I see love fitting into my purpose? How do I see love fitting into my purpose? Or you jot it down and just do some free writing about it. It's a really good question. And I have already been anticipating that I'm going to record this. And then I'm going to listen to it and be like, but there's also that, but, 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 you know, so, um, there's so many parts to this. But at this moment, when I read this question, how do I see love fitting into my purpose, our purpose? I think I think love is our purpose. I think, yeah, it sounds so simple, right? But it, as we know, it's such a practice. Like, But I think love is our purpose. I think connecting to love, giving love, receiving love, feeling love, creating from love, expressing from love, working through. And again, you could swap out love for anything that feels like it's more true for you, right? But I just think, I think the root is love. I also just happen to believe within myself that like our our souls, right? Our essence, like that part of us that feels like it's just so innately us. It's like 
it's that part that again, like is like the sky and all of our emotions and thoughts are the weather. Like everything's always moving. I actually had a friend who, who shared an image from a calm meditation that was talking about um, like a snow globe, right? Like, and how our mind and our, I'm going to get this wrong for my friend who said this, but I'm just, I'm going to paraphrase that again, usually our lives and our minds are like these snow globes that have been like shook up and there's all these things going on, all these going, but when everything settles and I'm almost imagining of like that snow globe, if the backdrop of the snow globe is that sky or that steady and when everything settles, the part that doesn't, and the part that is actually there, like that bottom color, that top color, that glass part, like there's the part in us, I think that does stay, even though our our thoughts and our emotions are always like taking us to all these places and having all these different thoughts. But I do believe like for me, I feel like my soul, my essence like is love. And so when I can listen to that or create from that or rest in that, I just feel like that is my purpose. I feel like that is my purpose. And we live in um, a world where we have a lot of expectations of what purpose is, what success is, what accomplishment is. And I think when there's like, this is a whole other, whole other kit and caboodle, so I won't go into it. But I do feel like anytime we connect with that part of ourselves, that place of love, that place of inspiration, that place of connection, that place of joy, that place of expression. I think that's our purpose. Like, and then to forget about it because we're human and we disconnect and we have ego minds and 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 then to come back to it and then to forget about it and then to come back to it. And I do feel like I so wish in our world, like, and I do see this in some places where our purpose is who we are being not what we are doing or what our job title is or what our resume says. I really feel like our purpose is who we are being. And so we can do that like as we're walking in the woods, we can be connected to our purpose as we're talking to a friend. We can absolutely bring our purpose of connecting to love and again, we're all going to have kind of a different combination. That would be an interesting question, right? Of like, what are the things you feel like are innately you? What do you feel like is the essence of your soul? And it may be like joy and curiosity and truth. People describe this as like, again, what are your values, right? And how do you then connect to those and weave those into every part of your life? Not in a perfectionist way, but in a curious way. So yeah, anyway, I think it comes down to that for me right now. I think love and loving and re I shouldn't just say just loving, but reconnecting, like recommitting to love or whatever is again feels more of like our innate soul truth. Um I think that is our purpose. And then the cool thing, challenging thing, stressful thing is that can come out, that can come through into the world in so many ways. But as a basis, I would say for me, it's less about, okay, I'm going to do this thing and it's my purpose. And it's more about, I'm going to connect to this feeling. I'm going to nurture this energy. I'm going to be open to, to this place. And then from there, I want to create, I want to connect. I want to show up. We're never going to do it always all love. Um, but I think when we do it more love, again, I think that's our purpose. So maybe like loving isn't our purpose, maybe coming back to love. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I think there's some different ways of seeing that, but I love that love fitting into our purpose. I love that question. 
Okay, I'm going to do one more, and then we're going to do a final wrap-up of where the podcast is going next. And the next question is, have you ever had any really tough truth answers from love? Or does it almost always fill you in a beautiful, positive way? This is a really good question. Have you ever had any really tough truth answers from love? Yeah, I totally have. Oh, I totally have. And I'm trying to feel into most, and again, I do these like letters to love. And so then, and I get a letter back from love. So that, you know, sometimes loving truth comes through another person. Sometimes it comes um, through a thought or feeling within yourself. I think, I think the toughest truths, and then I'm going to stop recording and then I'm like, oh, I forgot about all these other ones, right? But I think at this moment, the ones I'm thinking of, the toughest truths are the ones where I'm really scared to do something or I, I'm just like something feels like it may be too much or too soon. It's really interesting. A lot of my tough truth answers around timing, right? It's like, I don't feel ready to do this. And then in that answer from love, I get like, I know you're scared, but it's time. I know you're overwhelmed, but I've got you. Like I get, so oftentimes it's like, I'm not ready. My mind's not ready. My human's not ready. But something in me is like, I know you don't think you're ready, but actually it's time, right? So that, when I hear that and like my little kid, my younger part, that's like, okay, just tell me no. So I can go back to watching Netflix and like hiding out. But when I get that, I think sometimes again, love says, it's time now, Elizabeth. And I don't feel ready and that feels tough, but I can feel the truth in it. I also think it goes the other way. Like there's times when I'm like, oh my gosh, I want, I'm ready for this, or I want to do this, or I want to reconnect with someone who, you know, like I want, I wanted to, and and I get like back from love. I often feel like I totally get that you feel like that. It's just not time yet. <laughs> you just like, it's just not time yet. You just need to wait a little bit longer. It will feel better for everyone if you wait a little bit longer. So that's so interesting that again, a lot of the tough truths are I want a certain timing. And love is saying that it actually is like slower or faster or now or not now when I kind of want the opposite. I also have, that is also connected to some of the tough answers I've gotten are asking, like feeling like I'm getting like an answer to a prayer of like it's time to create or it's time to open up this part of your life or it's time to be do something new, you know, and and I have like asked for it, but then when the time comes, I'm like, wait, I don't need to do this right now, right? Or I don't need to do this. Could we do something different or could this feel easier? So, because again, when I think new comes in, it's like brings up a lot of fear. It brings up a lot of nerves. Like, so I also think, yeah, the tough truths have been like, when it's time to create or time to have a difficult conversation with someone I love or time to son of a gun set a boundary that I don't want to set because it would be easier not to but it's something in me is going love is saying like this boundary will allow for more love this project will allow for more love this conversation will allow for more love I know you're scared but it's that difference between like it's still it may be hard but it feels so right you know what I mean? And again, that's like a noticing. We'll each have our own versions of this. When I get those, when I get the tougher answers back from love, when I get those, again, I still feel a relief. I still nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, can I barter my way out of this with love? You know what I mean? Like, um, can I ignore this information, which I totally have, you know, but I, I feel like I get, 
I get the answer and there are parts of me that are so worried about it or triggered about it or, or confused about it, but I there is like a deeper calm. There is a deeper calm within me. So yeah, and again, that is not every second, every day. Like there are times I go to connect to love and I can't. There are times I go to write a letter to love and I am in my head. There are times where I'm trying to write a letter back from love and I know my ego is taking that pen and is like trying to go one way or the other with it, right? And I also think that's one of the gifts of of just nurturing the relationship with what love says, right? Nurturing that relationship, getting curious about it, seeing if we can grow the capacity to feel that love and and know that love and receive that love. Like, it's just like, just I think sometimes we have to take bit by bit, but we're expanding our capacity to feel that. And even if on the way, like, we're not 100% there. Again, I just, I think sometimes we do feel that like full connection and it just feels so loving. Like now when I write my letter back from love, when I'm writing, I can feel when it's not full love because something feels off. It feels off to me now. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't feel that deep calm or I don't feel that deep truth or I don't feel like that deep knowingness. And that's okay because like sometimes we're going to just like connect and try and we're going to get like 20% of the way there, right? Even if we let 20% more of like awareness of love in, like we're not going to get 100% every time, but it's the practice. I think it's the practice. And I think it is that like, even shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Shoot for full love, even if you miss, you're getting some love, right? Like, and and in the times when it feels horrible or you're not there or it's disconnected, then I think at least you're learning more what you don't want. You're learning what you don't want it to feel like. You're learning what it does feel like when the human mind is just like very, very strong or you're in a spot where this is not supposed to be like every time you go to the well, there's a full fresh cup of water. Like sometimes it, there's not when we go there, but that doesn't mean we don't keep trying and we don't keep practicing. And we don't keep nurturing and growing this relationship. So anyway, yes, I have definitely received tough truths from, from love. And I have also definitely like tried to feel into those truths and felt like, um, or tried to connect with love and not been able to feel it like a hundred percent or at all, or somewhere in the middle. But it's still, to me, it's such, it's so worth the practice and the curiosity and giving it time to grow. This relationship with love, it reminds me of that quote, the like, nature doesn't rush yet, everything is accomplished. Or there's that other quote about like, you don't stand next to an acorn and be like, grow, grow, grow. You know, like there's a, this relationship as we grow and we learn and expand it, um, it has its own timing. Like it really does, right? For each of us. And so I think just these moments of acknowledgement that like we're trying or we're nurturing it or we're curious about it and we may not be feeling it 100%, but we still are trying. And I also think when we nurture these relationships, then again, we get to the point often where we're having an experience we wouldn't have had if we didn't nurture the relationship or try it or be open to it. Um, so I think I veered off a little bit on that one, but I hope that was helpful. And I love these questions and thank you so much. Um, and thank you for those of you who wrote questions and you didn't want them shared in the podcast. You just wanted to be back and forth um, personally. I really respect that sometimes. Yeah. So again, you can always email me at elizabeth at elizabethjohnson.net or the love says podcast at gmail.com. And then in the email, you could say like, would love for this to be on a future episode. Or you could say, this is just for me. Could you answer this just for me? And I, I, 
I love to do both. Okay, this is our first Q&A. A part of me is like, oh my gosh, where do we go? What happened? Um, um, the last thing, yeah, I wanted to share, where is the podcast going next? And I also wanted to share first um, an experience, if you're listening to this in um, April 2022 or May 2022, again, I've never done this before with the, the timing of like, you'll be, you may be listening to this in 2025 as you, right? Um, but if you're listening to this in April 2022 or May 2022, I'm in the month of May doing an experience called 30 Days of Letters to Love. And it's an experience that starts like with a welcome class as the month begins, a closing class. And we'll be talking about in particular the practice of letters to love, writing letters to love love, writing letters back from love. There will absolutely be space for you to swap in like letter writing with something else, right? Whether it's movement or um, art or voice notes to love, or there's, again, you you don't have to do letters to love. However, because that's such a like important practice to me, that's what kind of the basis is around. Um, but it basically is, yeah, it's going to be about if we, for the month of May, whoever just wants to be a part of this, um, what would happen if we, each of us kind of in our own rhythm and our own way, um, just kept coming back to that practice of connecting with love, um, asking love for help and then receiving support from love. And each week there'll be a, uh, audio weekly theme and ways to be in touch with me and I'll send different like support and inspiration. And I don't know. I've had these experiences. I wonder if you have where I've done 30 days um, where, again, I never actually do the thing every day for 30 days. I don't think that's the point for me, but it's just that a container is being held to do this with yoga with Adrian, where I don't necessarily do a yoga every day, but because the intention is there, the focus, the permission, when everything else about life kind of like drives me off course, I just keep coming back to it, right? And so always in the month of January, when I do the yoga with Adrian 30 days, I always am like at the end of the month, like, wow, I did so much more yoga. I had so many more experiences with this than I would have because of the container. So that's my wish, just to create a container for us um, for the month of May and just to keep coming back and seeing what each of us, what that rhythm is. Also, I'm excited because I, yeah, I'm just curious when I'm in that space, I think I'll be called to do more letters to love. And I think it's a time in my life where that would that would be really helpful for me. So um, you can go to elizabethjohnson.net forward slash letters dash two dash love um, forward slash letters dash two dash love at elizabethjohnson.net or you can message me and email me and I'll send you the information, but there's more info there. And okay, so where the podcast is going next, again, I know this is a six-part series, but yeah, we're going to keep going. Um, I can't imagine stopping right now, which is great because again, part of me was like, oh my, what if I do six and then I'm like, I feel complete, <laughs> but no, um, I don't feel complete. I'm excited to keep creating. I mean, these questions, if there any indication is like, oh my gosh, I could do two years of episodes on these questions. But so the intention going forward is to do one solo episode similar to the first six, like this one solo episode a month, and then one dialogue, conversation episode a month, an interview, a conversation with um, with someone else about how they come back to love and how they do it and when they don't and when it's hard and when it's easy and what it brings. And like, I'm just so, so looking forward to those 
those dialogues. So that's the next uh, learning curve for me. It's learning how to record um, interviews. <laughs> um, I won't tell you who the first guest is, but I think some of you will guess because oh, I'm about to give it away. Okay, I'm not going to give it away, but I think you probably could guess who it is. Um, so yeah, after this episode, you'll be getting more episodes like this. Um, and then some, some interviews. And if you have any, again, questions or thoughts or ideas or people you're like, oh my gosh, I'd love for you to interview this person all about what love says, you know, um, please send them my way. And I'm really, I know I keep saying this and in my mind, it's not from love, it's from my mind. I'm like, Elizabeth, stop saying you're so grateful. You've said it so many times, but when I sink into this feeling of having this experience and being connected to you and also being in a world where we have this ability, like I'm sitting in my house in Maine and then someone who I love in North Carolina is is crafting this and then you, wherever you're sitting in this world or listening to it, like that just blows my mind. And I'm so grateful to be in a space and time where that is available. And I, um, as always, I just wish you, I wish you love, I wish you comfort, I wish you peace, I wish you strength and resilience for all the other human emotions that we are having and we will continue to have. And I also wish you just like patience and curiosity for your own path with this, your own path, period. But in this relationship with love and what love says, there's the time and the space and the curiosity to continue, like keep coming back to what is true for you, what feels good to you and what brings you back to love. So, so much love to you and I'll talk to you soon.